we're going to be talking now about a topic that really affects a lot of people. Many parents are sending children back to school uh, in the next week or two. Studies show that 22% of all students reported being bullied on school property in the last 12 months. That's astounding. That's almost one in four. 70% of students report having witnessed bullying in their school, and over 71% say bullying is a problem. So let's talk a little bit about what your legal rights are if your child is bullied. And with us to talk about it is Craig Brown. He's a partner at Myers and Flowers. It's a firm with offices in Chicago and St. Charles. Uh, They're one of the premier personal injury medical malpractice firms. He has over three decades of experience. He was a former prosecutor and now he represents victims of traumatic injuries and wrongful death cases. Welcome to the show, Craig. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, Karen. Thanks for having me. It's a it's my pleasure. So about three months ago, I believe, uh, our Illinois General Assembly passed a new law about bullying. And there are a lot of laws on the book about bullying. But what does this newest law say? Yeah, the good news is that the new law requires the schools to notify uh, the parents of not only the victim, but also of the alleged bully within 24 hours um, of the incident being reported. The previous law allowed more discretion. The the school had to notify, quote, promptly, uh, end quote, whatever promptly meant. But now I think we're starting to realize the urgency of the situation and and the severity and the frequency of the bullying. So now that there's a 24-hour requirement, um, which is great. And schools also have to adopt uh, bullying prevention policies, They have to implement procedures for reporting bullying and performing investigations, and the schools also have to collect and report data regarding uh, the frequency of the bullying as well. So some some good additions to the new law, for sure. This is not really a legal question, but if you know, the fact that you've dealt with this issue from a legal standpoint, I think lawyers sort of uh, gain some wisdom about certain things when they handle these types of cases. You know, a lot of people are saying bullying is not any more severe than it used to be. It's just that the kids are more sensitive. What do you say to that? What What is your feeling about that, just having experience this whole thing. That's interesting. I, I think it's uh, certainly um, just my personal opinion, but based upon my experience with, with cases, I think in general are more sensitive. However, um, the severity and frequency is off the charts, and, it, and it's all related to the social media. Back in, back in my day when we were kids, right, you could get away from it. Um, you could get off of school, you get off of campus, and, and no one could get at you. But now, tragically, I mean, these kids are subject to constant, constant bullying through social media, and they just can never get away from it. So uh, the severity is real, and we can never take it for granted. Yeah, and I mean, we can't even imagine what that would have been like. You know, one embarrassing moment in school um, maybe came and went, but when it's on social media and there are pictures and everyone uh, gets gets it on, on Facebook or Instagram or what have you, yeah. it's hard to even measure how, how damaging that could be. Um, Sad, yeah, it's just, true. and and I, I hope that children aren't any meaner than they used to be. But there's but there's always some. Um, how how before we take a break, I want you to define bullying. When you know when is just bad conduct or, or you know mean children conduct? When does it cross over the line to make it bullying under Illinois law? Yeah, sure. the The technical definition is actually very broad, and it includes cyberbullying, and it really it, it boils down to any severe which is a, a keyword and or, or pervasive physical or verbal acts. Okay, it has to be severe, um, 
in nature. Um, and it has to cause the student to have a reasonable fear of harm, uh, which is pretty broad, um, or cause substantial detrimental effect on the student's physical or mental health. Um, or substantially interfere with the student's academic performance or substantially interfere with their ability to enjoy the school activities. So um, so and, there has to be uh, both pervasive nature and, and the effect on the child. Yes, but you know the, the, each kid is affected differently, so it's, it's, a, it's a, uh, a, a reasonable fear of harm, right? And that can be different for, for different kids. Sure. Um, but it's also important to note that, that bullying includes harassment, threats, intimidation, stalking, physical violence, sexual harassment, sexual violence, theft, public humiliation. Uh, that's a big one, of course. Um, so it, it, it's very, very broad, and it certainly covers a lot of activities that are going on uh, on social media on a daily basis. We're talking uh, to Craig Brown. Uh, we're talking about bullying and legal rights on, in Illinois and what to do if your child is bullied and what rights you have. We'll be back in a minute on WGN. Welcome back. We are talking about bullying uh, in light of back-to-school time, and we're here with Craig Brown, partner at Myers & Flowers, a firm with offices in Chicago and St. Charles. His firm practices in the area of traumatic injuries, wrongful death, and medical malpractice. Thank you again for joining us. Craig, let's talk a little bit about the practicalities. As a practical matter, your son comes home and says that he has been bullied uh, by a classmate. What actions should you take as a parent? Yeah, great question, and, and the answer is probably different for different families depending upon you know their unique circumstances with their kid. But in general, I'd offer a few suggestions. One would be to realize, and appreciate, and understand that even if the school does everything right, goes beyond the call of duty, um, the type of bullying that we're seeing it's it's still going to happen. Um, the kids that are that are bullies oftentimes have their own issues whether they be at home or mental health issues or whatnot, and the schools just aren't going to be able to prevent it. So with that understanding, and we'll talk in a minute about what the schools are going to be doing, but in general, I would say to parents, you can't rely on the school to solve the problems, unfortunately. Um, I think that would be misguided. Um, but you have to be proactive and evaluate the circumstances that are unique to your child and then use your discretion to, to do what you think is best. Um, some of the suggestions would be, of course, to notify the school um, because that will trigger the school's responsibility to notify the parents of the alleged bully. Um, it will trigger the school's responsibilities to follow through and offer your child any social work services or counseling that he or she may need um, and, and really be an advocate for your child to help um, them through this process. Um, the other consideration that I think most people don't know about um, comes in the area of should I call the bullying parents, right? Right. And and you know sometimes that can make things worse, um, but sometimes it's the right thing to do. But I think people should know that there is something called the Illinois Parental Responsibility Act, which says, well, it's designed to compensate innocent victims of willful and malicious juvenile conduct. Um, it's designed to place the parents upon the parents the obligation to control a minor child to prevent intentional harm to others. And what people don't realize that is that um, you know parents can be held responsible up to $20,000 for the first malicious act 
and up to $30,000 for a pattern of malicious acts. So we've had situations where um, kid comes home, parents do the right thing, notify the school, call the other, other parents and say, listen, this is what's going on. Try to have a respectful conversation with the other parents, and then it doesn't get any better. Um, the victim continues to be bullied, and then next thing you know, we're in counseling and we're having mental health issues. And in those rare circumstances, you know, the parents of the bully can be held responsible. So, um, not that I would advocate, you know, threatening these type of things, but it's just important for people to understand what they have to help them, right? And you can talk to the parents and say, listen. You're responsible for your kids, and you need to do something to have your son or daughter stop bullying my kid. Um, and there's there's real legal consequences if the parents don't do it. You know, a couple of points here. Um, one is that I've read some studies that show that a lot of times kids don't report it to their parents because they know instinctively, and this actually bears some truth, is once it's reported, then the bullying can actually get worse because now yeah. the bullies yeah. or bully is now mad that they were reported on, and now they're a tattletale, and, and then that can, can, that can ramp up the the nature of and maybe the frequency of the bullying and uh that's the dilemma yep. right that's that's the way and we see it all the time and if sometimes that's why every every situation is unique right and, and you can't tell somebody else's parents what to do but you can offer suggestions for them to consider and in some situations um you know getting the other parents involved can make things worse temporarily but then other times if you don't and you wait and things get worse and worse and worse and before you know it, it's too late and the kid is really suffering. So it's a, that's why this whole thing is so sad. It's so complicated. Um, and, and it's really heartbreaking. Yeah, and it's just not a hard and fast way that this should work. And and I assume that, uh, you know, when you call the parent, if that is the choice that you make, that how you do it is probably as important as you know, what you say. And, you know, the idea being not to just start screaming and saying, hey, your kid's being a jerk, but to maybe kind of like downplay it. And not downplay it, but like be a little bit more olive branch and, and try to resolve the issue before it gets out of hand because i would imagine that if a kid is a bully and i'm not going to say like some bullies just are you know they're they're created uh for some reason or another but maybe they're having issues at home like you said they may have their own problems they may have parents who have maybe taken things out on them and that's why as i always say hurt people hurt people and so you may be dealing with parents who are not necessarily going to be responsive in the right way very well said, and usually if it's presented well, the, the parents on the other end of the phone appreciate the information, right? I mean, right. It's like, hey, this is what this is what I've learned. Here are the copies of the texts or the snaps or the Insta posts or whatever. I don't have the whole story, but I wanted to alert you that this is what we're concerned about, and I'd love to talk to you about it. And and hopefully it's received well. And if it is, then then things can can um, improve quickly. If it's not received well. Hello. Ooh, I think you just cut out. Craig, Did I lost you? I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Go f- finish your thought. Uh, I think I just, it cut out for a minute there. Yeah, just that that um, if, if it's approached well, usually the phone call is received well by the other side, and then you can you, you can work through things. Yeah. So um, so if bullying is not being done on school premises, let's just say that it's not a schoolyard thing anymore. It's only on social media. Does the school still have some responsibility to control that, or does that now devolve into some other kind of uh, issue that you have to address in some other forum? 
I probably wouldn't use the word control, but I would say that all of their responsibilities are still triggered if the abuse is occurring off school. Um, so cyberbullying, of course, at night, late at night, or you know, after volleyball practice or whatever, if the school is notified of that, it still triggers their responsibilities to, to do the things that the, the, the school code um, mandates. So it doesn't have to, the bullying doesn't have to occur solely within the, the four walls of the school. It, it can occur in cyberbullying and after volleyball practice or whatever. And, you know, you see some of these extreme cases where kids commit suicide and uh, it's tied to some sort of bullying. It, was it fair to say that it's very difficult to hold a school responsible? I mean, you're t- you, you had mentioned that, you know, schools can't can't catch all this. They can't do it all. They can't yeah. be effectively eliminate bullying. Um, so, what? Where? Where? Where do they become responsible? This is the uh, this is the hard conversation we have a lot of times with parents who call us and and they've had their kids attempt suicide and they're you know they're very very frustrated with what they perceive to be a lack of um, effort by the school and they want to hold the school responsible. The reality is, in Illinois, like most states, there's something called the Illinois Tort Immunity Act, which provides discretionary immunity for schools in many situations, including uh, the bullying situation. So it's it's a little bit complicated, but um, if they have the required policies in place to discourage bullying, to deter bullying, to investigate it and report it, um, and then discretion in terms of what discipline to award or to render to a bully, you know, suspend them from the football team or the, or the debate team or whatever, um, whatever discretion they use, if it doesn't work and, and a student hurts themselves, then the school is, is not going to be liable. Um, if there are certain what are called ministerial acts where the schools have to do certain things like um, notify the parents when, when they're advised of a bullying situation, and they don't do it. They don't do that mandatory act. And as a result, if their failure to do that mandatory act is a cause of a student's um, suicide attempt or um, depression, then perhaps you could try to have a case against the school, but it's very, very unlikely. Yeah, it just seems... yeah. Yeah, that's why I said in the beginning... It's really a parental issue and a societal issue, um, and that's why we need, we need to, the parents to understand everything that they can do other than rely on the school to solve this problem. Yeah, and improving, you know, proving the loss is just probably very difficult because kids have anxiety and depression. Kids have uh, problems on social media to begin with, let alone bullying to begin with. So there are a lot of causes. There's a lot of kids, as we know, and, and I know my listeners uh, hear this all the time. I hear them talk to me on, on the phone and, and have issues. Um, it's just it's a very difficult time for children right now for one reason or another. Um, just quickly, sure. we only have a, like a minute, but I, I want to kind of bring in this issue of hazing. I don't want to go into it in depth. I've already talked about it with a social uh, psychologist, and I've talked to it, uh, people, uh, lawyers about this. But hazing is sort of bullying, and it's just, it's kind of the same intimidation and the same kind of power play. But intimidation, it's not so much harm as bullying is. It's more um, to try to indoctrinate into a, a, a game or a team or the military or what have you. Do you, um, in your opinion, uh, do you think our laws and our college policies are strong enough, or do you think it's a problem of implementation that we're seeing? 
I think when we when we hear of hazing, we think of mostly in the sport complex, the team complex. That's where a lot of the hazing fraternities, of course, and sororities as well. Um, I, I think there's still, unfortunately, that tendency to look the other way towards hazing and to think that it's it's something that's still accepted. And then before you know it, it just crosses the line into bullying. Um, so you know, I think the laws are are still. Um, available. I think it's more of a look the other way mentality that, that's that's putting our young people at risk and a failure to understand that, that hazing can turn into bullying in the blink of an eye. Craig Brown, thank you so much for joining us. Craig is an attorney with Myers and Flowers. Can you quickly give out your contact information? Yeah, you can reach me at cdb at myers-flowers.com or you can give me a call at 630-797- 3317. And thanks very much for having me, Karen. It's a super important uh, topic and, and um, you know, complicated for sure. Thank you so much.